0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Conservative, not bitter indeed. You're listening to the home of, of course, conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email is todd at toddhuffshow.com. Should you want to connect with us? uh, Well, ask questions, share your comments, give your thoughts about the program. I respond as quickly as possible. And of course, facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show, for those that want to watch the program live or on demand, yes, as long as Facebook allows that to happen. I should advise you that listening to the program can, in fact, cause you to lean to the right. So be careful if you're on your way to work this morning, if you're operating heavy machinery. Be very, very careful as this program has been proven. In fact, 98% of scientists even agree that listening to this program can stop and even reverse even reverse the savage effects of liberalism it's a pleasure to be here thanks for joining us here we are on this shortened shortened holiday week we will be in studio this week monday tuesday wednesday and we will be out both thursday thanksgiving day and on friday the day after thanksgiving so shortened week as i'm sure many of you have a short week as well. I want to start today. I want to talk here about kind of the state of impeachment. I want to I want to start with the state of impeachment and I want to start specifically I want to start specifically with this I guess kind of latest development. I guess this has kind of uh, maybe been brewing in the background for some time. This is an article at thehill.com. Written by Alexander Bolton, headline of this article, Trump, GOP, skeptical Pelosi will go through with impeachment. Now, I want to pause, I want to pause here and kind of summarize where we left it last week with this, uh, of course, the impeachment proceedings, um, you know, with with the testimony and now we're, you know, we've wrapped up on that. Although Adam Schiff is leaving open the possibility that there will be more testimony um regarding impeachment but we talked last week in fact i think on friday i talked about this notion that we need to get uh, come to grips with and that is that the democrats have decided they had decided to impeach trump uh, whenever nancy pelosi made that announcement in fact there were reports last week maybe even the week before that Nancy Pelosi was starting to negotiate starting to if you will pressure members of congress if you will if she she was interfering with the votes of her members of the democrat caucus in congress this is how we now talk about about politics and you know I'm not by the way I'm not defending some of the atrocious things that happen behind closed doors in politics. It's just funny that w- one candidate, uh, one particular politician, well, he's not, I guess you would say a traditional politician but with Trump, can't do any sort of persuaging, uh, persuading, strong-arming, uh, negotiating, what have you, and the the other side can do virtually whatever they want. That's uh, one of the problems we have with these so-called unbiased media. The media is just out there trying to uh, hold truth to power for one individual and not, they have no interest, they have no interest in talking about anything that could harm the agenda, the leadership uh, of the other party, which is a major problem. You know, your focus should be on presenting the truth objectively as much as you can as a human being, and then of course, uh, not not worrying about which side you're helping or harming or anything like that, just just tell us what you're finding out. That's why I say journalism is, in many in many respects, uh, virtually dead. There's a couple of journalists out there, but we've got a lot of people who think that their uh, commentary, their editorializing, is the modern-day equivalent of journalism, of news reporting. And that's just factually not what it is. Those are not the same things. Anyway, so – We've got that problem to start with, but so we've 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 got Pelosi. She announced that there were going to be impeachment proceedings. Right? Remember, we went through this for months where she was reluctant, where she was not willing to concede. In fact, there were murmurs that maybe there was effectively, um, I don't know, going to be some sort of a coup and have Nancy thrown out of power people challenging her for you know being speaker of the house all this kind of murmuring all these sorts of problems she refused to accept this notion that impeachment was the way to go and so finally she relented she relented in the wake of the zelensky phone call and she announced that she would be the house would be seeking impeachment even though it had already been doing that in their committees as it were with Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff but nonetheless nonetheless this is how this whole thing went down as i said last week and i stand by this that was the moment in time that they decided you know nancy pelosi i've said this before i'll say it again she is quite skilled and adept at well at the what it means to just be a my, a politician. She knows how to get things done. She knows how to tell when things are I guess ready to be accepted by those in her base or whatever the case may be. She knows when it's time to do things and when it's time to not. At least she's demonstrated a capacity for being able to do this. And I'm not defending what she does. In fact, what she does and the things she stands for and the issues that she's trying to push through Congress are detrimental and even harmful to America, to liberty, to freedom loving individuals. But nonetheless, she is good at the art of making sure things get done. So when she made that announcement, it was a foregone conclusion that the House was going to pass impeachment. They were they were going to, I guess, introduce articles of impeachment and then vote to impeach the president. Of the United States, and we still may very well head down that path. So I, I stand by those things. That being said, I also said, barring some, I don't know, some political development, something that was un unforeseen. I guess uh, I suppose you could say they. The, the ultimate goal of this was to use this for in ways that was most politically beneficial to the Democrat Party, right? Whatever was most beneficial. And so now there's Republicans in Congress who are basically either trying to, I don't know, uh, challenge Pelosi into taking this to an impeachment vote or whether they are legitimately thinking this is what she is Uh, her position is and she's not going to do it but they're out there saying uh, including President Trump by the way who said it on Fox and Friends Friday he doesn't he doesn't expect Pelosi to go through with impeachment of course he added that it's hard to do anything when hard to impeach when you have absolutely nothing which of course is where we are which is where we are so now there's there's opinions out there led by Trump and led by others and I think this this deserves pausing and, and considering because of how I guess pathetic these impeachment proceedings were. Um what's gonna happen what's gonna happen next, especially when you look at polling among, say, independents, and the Hill points this out. Forty-nine percent of independents opposed. Uh, now oppose impeachment, compared to 34% who support it. Last month, 48% of independents supported impeachment. This was according to an Emerson survey. Same sort of thing you find in a Marquette University poll. State of Wisconsin found that only 40% of registered voters think Trump should be uh, impeached and removed from office, while 53% do not think so, so now they're in the true minority. They're not just at near fifty fifty split now now they're in the minority amongst key groups, right, and we're looking at the very coveted independent vote, and they have effectively one in three independents who support impeachment while nearly half did half did just a short month ago and so Nancy Pelosi believe me, believe me if you. If I can affect any way that you look at politics, I want this to be it. I want you to believe that this is not about truth, what the Democrats are seeking. This is not about reality. This is about what they can get away with. This is about when the doors close and they have these meetings, they're talking about polling. They're not talking about whether or not it's the right thing. They're not talking about whether it's truth. They're not talking about all the stuff that you hear them during their little show trial, during their little show impeachment proceeding. You're not you don't hear them, you won't hear them talk about any substance or evidence. This is all about perception. This is all about positioning. This is all about what they can do after. After the votes are cast, how can we benefit from this? Does this help our candidates on stage? However, we've got now 18, I think, with Bloomberg jumping into the race, although he may not get on the debate stage. That's another story we might get into here a little bit later as the program comes together. But I want to talk more about this. I want to talk about this impeachment, what happens next, because this is a possibility. This is a possibility, although I still think it's less than likely because of how much they've invested here. I I just – the the conversations behind closed doors are, you know, why would we come this far not to see this through, right? If anything, we've moved the needle away from impeachment towards people not wanting the president to be impeached. That's what the Democrats are going to be – talking about, and then you're going to have the rabid, anti-Trump, insane members of Congress demanding this. They're going to be, uh, you know, if this happens, the things that they're going to say to that rabid base is going to infuriate the Democrat Party. You know, we're told that the, uh, Trump and the Republicans are the ones that are in the political mess right now, but I'm telling you, the Demo- it's not a good time to be a Democrat course it isn't ideologically ever but just from a perspective of political uh i don't know political momentum and so forth this is not a good time either but i've got to take a time out more on this the state of impeachment when we return but i've got to stop and take a quick time out you're listening to the home of conservative not better talk i'm your host todd huff back in just a minute so we have been talking about this article in the hill for those who may just now be joining us don't know what took you so long to tune us on but that's okay that's okay we've been talking about this article at the com. trump gop skeptical uh, pelosi will go through with impeachment and so we've been talking about you know last week um well pretty much the whole time that this impeachment has been going on i said that we better accept the reality that this is going to uh, there are going to be articles of impeachment introduced and that trump would be impeached in the house and that we should be focusing on the senate at this point what's going to happen in the senate what types of pressures are going to be placed on republican senators to flip their vote or to move their vote to actually remove trump from office I talked about how there would be pressures to do so. There would be talks about whether certain senators, perhaps the likes of Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, uh, Murkowski others potentially as well, moving their vote uh, to actually convict and to boot Trump from office. And I think that, that we are still uh, – that that's still a definite route for where this might end up. That being said, that being said, now that we've gone through these shenanigans, now that we see polling data, remember we had a Speaker of the House who wasn't real hip on the notion of moving forward with impeachment for quite some time. She had to fight off the radical leftists inside her her caucus, inside the Democrat Party. She had to basically stonewall them, prevent them from getting what they wanted basically arguing that what we're seeing happen here is exactly what would happen again this is not i again i just i feel like it's important to reiterate this is not about truth this is not about what's right this is not about any of that it's not about any of the shenanigans we saw during the impeachment testimony this is purely about politics this is purely about what is most beneficial To the Democrat Party. And right now, if you look at polling numbers, right now, if you look at polling numbers, um, it's not real favorable to those who believe impeachment is the route to go. And this article in The Hill references a poll from Emerson College, impeachment support, supporting uh, those who supported impeachment in October was 48% uh, when they took the poll in October and 44 who opposed it. Now 45% oppose it and 43% uh, support it. So we've had a flip, right? So now we've got more people that are opposing it than supporting it. And specifically, when you dig into the numbers, you find that Independents are the ones, independents are the ones who saw the biggest shift, right? The biggest shift in uh, where they stand on the impeachment continuum, where they stand on how far, uh, how many of them are actually in favor and against it. Now nearly half oppose it, and only a third of them support it. And so that is concerning to the Democrats. So basically the only people minus the one in three independents, the only people who support impeachment are effectively the Democrats. And I'm oversimplifying it. Of course, you'll find some Republicans who do. You'll find some independents who do, as we pointed out there in that that survey data. But we also find that it's largely – Democrats. And so now they've got a big problem. on. I, I would suggest they've got a bigger problem on their hands than they even thought that they would. Maybe not Pelosi. Pelosi, I think, kind of predicted this or expected this. It's the reason that she resisted getting into this mess to begin with. But she, you know, given the pressure that she was facing by her own caucus and given the apparently from their perspective, incredibly damning. Uh, information we found from the phone call of Trump talking to Zelensky. This was an unavoidable, unavoidable outcome. They had to impeach at that point. At least that's what they want you to think. They had no choice but to impeach, uh, to at least open an inquiry into impeachment. And so now, now they're at this bit of a crossroads. They've got all the Democrats effectively wanting to vote for impeachment But you've got no one else, and so do you risk angering your own party at this time? Do you risk giving them – given the radical left, the ones who are going to lose their minds if this doesn't actually go through, Do uh, do, do you risk all the fallout from that? I'm just laughing to think what in the world does that look like? I mean you're talking about professional protesters here. I can only imagine what this is going to look like. Or do you continue down this path and do you put some of your more vulnerable representatives, those representatives who are Democrats who won districts that Trump carried in some cases quite handily back in 2016, do you put them at greater risk by making them go on the record to support impeachment? Does Nancy Pelosi? Does she demand? Does she demand that all Democrats actually support the articles of impeachment? Right. There's uh, there's uh, reports that she's out there bartering for votes for those uh, she's she's been trading votes for those who want to see this Mexico Canada U.S. trade deal finalized. She's apparently, according to reports, using that as leverage to get the impeachment votes. See in Nancy Pelosi's mind, whenever she announced from that podium, even though she was so sad, I mean she was so, so sad, just fighting back tears. She told us that, you know, she had to it just it just was gut wrenching to think that we gotten to the point that we had to impeach the President of the United States. She was sad. After much deliberation and prayer she had decided that this was the right route to go. When she made that announcement, in her mind, she had, to, she had to get the outcome she's after. This is how Nancy Pelosi thinks about this. I announce it. People, at that point, average people start talking about whether or not, you know, what's going to happen from the proceedings. In Nancy Pelosi's mind, it becomes, at that point in time, at that point in time, it becomes the objective to win the vote. That's it. When she makes the announcement the clock starts, we have to win this vote. Don't care what happens, we have, to, we have to carry through our objective. That's the way she looks at this. So now, she gets through the shenanigans, she sees the polling data, she sees that the Democrats actually moved people further away from impeachment during these stupid proceedings, probably because it was all predicated upon hearsay, and speculation and it was being run by Adam Schiff who carried on like a complete (laughs) joke during parts of these proceedings, maybe even all of these proceedings some people actually tuned in to watch these shenanigans and this nonsense you have a bunch of you know bureaucrats, diplomats telling us all these things about Trump and when you get down to it you have to overlook things like Ukraine didn't even know that funds were being withheld from them, and you have to assume that the only reason that Trump pressured or asked Ukraine to look into the Bidens was so that they could destroy his political opponent. You have to overlook the realities that maybe, just maybe, maybe the issue of corruption is important no matter who, whose name is on the, uh, the list to be investigated. Right, just because there's a quid pro quo doesn't mean it's a inappropriate quid pro quo, which they didn't even establish it was a quid pro quo. I'm just you know, all these things, all these things that the average person saw during these truly well, these these were shenanigans. It moved people away from them. Now Nancy Pelosi has this decision to make. She has this decision to make, and some suggest that maybe she's not going to actually invoke. Uh, Not hold a vote on impeachment, but rather they're going to censor the president. Basically a slap on the hand and say, don't do that. Don't do that. And then nothing happens happens in the Senate. So, I mean, that that is a possibility at this point because of how unpopular this whole movement has become. But the truth is, the truth is the people who will be casting votes for Democrats expect this, demand this. They are more fired up about this. They are more ready for this than ever before. And I have to imagine Nancy Pelosi somewhere in some room where the door closed, told the likes of AOC, Rashida Tlaib, and those who are pressuring her to move forward with proceedings, impeachment proceedings. She's telling them right now, telling them right now, I told you so. This is precisely why I resisted this. Now what do we do? So that conversation is taking place, and we'll see what happens next in this impeachment saga. But I've got to stop and take a break. When we get back, I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about Michael Bloomberg entering the race, talk about some things with him, his media uh, company, and some uh, some things from that as well. But get to shift gears and talk more uh, about Bloomberg candidacy. When we return, you're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute welcome back so there's an article here in the daily caller saw this uh, i guess it was last night actually this po- yeah this posted yesterday afternoon so it must have been last night Headline here, Bloomberg News pledges not to investigate Democratic presidential candidates. I love this. I mean, this this is absolutely amazing to me. We just had an entire process, right, this this impeachment process. We're talking about just the, the way that, um, I don't know, the, the way that investigations – are being, well, in the case of Trump, they say being used to damage his political enemy, Joe Biden, who, by the way, by the way, is in serious trouble of even winning the Democrat nomination. And again, if Trump was uh, so worried about Biden and had all this information, I guess, all this uh, this leverage to destroy his candidacy, I think he would have well, one definitely could have made the case that he would have waited until Biden was actually the nominee instead of just, uh, you know, just a candidate on on the stage with the other seventeen folks. But anyway, this article is is just incredible to me. We have literally news organizations telling us they're going to focus all of their attentions on investigating one candidate, but no one else. That's literally what's happening here. I'm going to read this to you. Bloomberg News won't conduct investigative reporting on any of the Democratic presidential candidates the outlet's editor-in-chief announced Sunday. The announcement followed Michael Bloomberg's official campaign launch Sunday. Quote, we will continue our tradition of not investigating Mike and his family and his foundation. And we will extend the same policy to his rival's. In the Democratic primaries, Editor-in-Chief John Micklewaite, Mickle, I don't even know what this is, wrote in a note to staffers. So, he continues, if other credible journalistic institutions, public investigative work on Mike or the other Democratic candidates, we will either publish those articles in full or summarize them for our readers, and we will not hide them. So they're not going to do any investigative reporting, but if someone else covers it up, or excuse me, uncovers it, then they'll report it. They'll at least share it or summarize the findings. However, however, they do say this. For the time being, the news outlet, quote, will continue to investigate the Trump administration as the government of the day. So, so, of course, they hide behind they hide behind this. Uh, I don't know that this this uh, argument that says we'll investigate Trump because he's currently in the government, but none of these other folks are not going to invest any of the others, including Michael Bloomberg, of course. Where we get Bloomberg News. So now we have a guy. I mean, it's it's just incredible to watch this stuff unfold and transpire. You have a guy running for president now self-funded, right? Like Trump. We'll see. We'll see if there's quite the amount of outrage about his billionaire status and his self-funding campaign and all this stuff as there has been against Trump. Of course, we know that won't be the case, but we've got this guy who also has a media conglomerate that's not going to investigate neither him or anyone else in the Democrat field, but they're going to continue you could say to dig up dirt on president trump one could say it that way in fact one should say it that way that's the way that they've created this narrative to work digging up dirt on a political opponent right this could be you know if, if trump did this the headline would be trump abusing the power of his media conglomerate to dig up dirt on his political opponents that's what this would be positioned as. You absolutely know this is true. We, we see very similar things happening across the way. By the way, Bloomberg, as it now stands, may not even find himself on the debate stage because he says he's not going to be fundraising from the general public. He's going to self-fund his campaign. And part of the criteria to get on the debate stage to get on the the debate stage right now, is to be able to have a certain number of donors. That's why a lot of the... You'll, you'll see these things on Facebook, social media, emails. I get these emails from Joe Biden begging for... I mean, he's practically begging for quarters now. But they're begging for dollar donations because they want to increase the number of individual donors... Because that's part of the criteria. Now, Biden's hit the numbers, but others are out there begging for low amounts of money, even as low as a dollar, so that it would give them the requirement they need to continue to stay on the Democrat debate stage. Now, there's others as well. You have to be pulling at, I don't know, It maybe up to a whopping 2% now, 2% to be on the debate stage in key polls and have a certain number of donors or some such thing, but Bloomberg if he's not going to be raising any money from average American voters is not going to meet that criteria. Now those uh, come January the rules for the debates for making the debate stage could change. The only the 2019 debate rules have been have been set. So maybe they revisit that, but as it now stands, Bloomberg's not going to even be on the debate stage because he doesn't have enough individual donors so anyway just want to pass that along as bloomberg enters the race of course that adds some further complexities and you could even say a lot of hypocrisy for the democrat party for a party that's truly that truly hates i mean hates people with extreme levels of wealth hates them despises them blames them in fact for the problems in this great country They're not paying their fair share in taxes. Bloomberg, now a billionaire himself, steps onto the stage, and we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. But I've got to stop and take another break. You're listening to the Home of Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. I'd like to take just a moment here, just a moment to uh, talk about an event, an event that'll be held here in Indianapolis. I know those of you who are listening in Utah, those of you who are listening on pa- uh, podcasts all around the country, you may not uh, may not be able to attend this, but this is something that's happening here in our local city of, of Indianapolis on December 6th, and I wanted to Share really quickly for those of you, um, specifically those who are uh, Christians in the audience. There's a group that's holding a workshop in Indianapolis, December the sixth, called Heaven in Business. Heaven in Business, and so do do you, or you know, you or someone you know, find yourselves kind of when you go to church on on Sunday? That being. I don't know, the kind of the the spiritual pinnacle of your work week. And then the rest of the time just becomes, I got to survive. I got to go deal with a boss at work or I got to go run a company and I'm just not, you know, it it, it drains me or I don't know. There's all these sorts of of pressures. Maybe some folks uh, work in corporate America and you you just think, I can't, I feel like uh, there's there's a stranglehold on me being a Christian in the workplace, and it's struggling for me to get through the work week. Uh, I, I just look forward to Sunday, or maybe you go to church even on Wednesday nights. You know, I just, I getting to those points and recharging and reconnecting with God uh, becomes becomes a challenge. That's not the way, by the way, that God intended your life to be. He wants to meet you right exactly where you are at this moment. There's no place that God, and you know this, we all know this. There's no place that God can't connect with you or you connect with God. And then for you to also, uh, you know, be on mission for those things God has called you to do. That includes the workplace. That does include the workplace. So if you're looking for practical ways that you can bring God to work, I invite you to attend this Heaven in Business workshop in Indianapolis on December the 6th. You can learn more or register by visiting heaven dot com slash events. Heaveninbusiness.com slash events. Just check on just click on the Indianapolis event on December 6th. And I will be there as well. I plan on being there as well. That's Friday, the Friday after the Thanksgiving holiday. So if you want to meet, I plan on being there as well and look forward to meeting you. So again, December 6th Indianapolis Heaven in Business Workshop for more information, go to heaveninbusiness.com slash events. So, talking here, talking here about, oh, you know what? I just glanced up and looked at the clock. In fact, I got a look across the, the studio here from our top secret uh, co-worker, who still doesn't have a nickname, by the way. She gave me a look telling me, yeah, you don't have time. You don't have time to open any other conversation topic this morning todd because it is time to wrap up so i can't but i do want to talk i do want to talk if time permits me to talk more about michael bloomberg and this just what's uh what's happening here with the democrat primaries posted some things on facebook if you want to reference the articles that we were uh, or if you want to read the articles we were referencing earlier but i've got to take a time out got to take a quick time out you're listening to the home of conservative not better talk i am your host todd huff back in just a minute Welcome back. As I'm reading and thinking about Michael Bloomberg here, it's, it's occurred to me that we've not seen, we've not seen the media, we've not seen other, at least I haven't. Maybe it's just because it's not on the national stage yet. Just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here. But we haven't seen this incessant push to see Bloomberg sell all of his business, uh, all of his companies, right? I mean, he... He does own, he does own what is it, Bloomberg LP, I think is the legal name here. Bloomberg LP. And that um, it provides financial software tools and enterprise applications. I'm looking at Wikipedia here, such as analytics and equity trading platform, data services, and news to financial companies and organizations through Bloomberg Terminal via its Bloomberg professional service, its core revenue-generating product. Bloomberg LP also includes a wire service, Bloomberg News, a global television network, Bloomberg Television, websites, radio stations, Bloomberg Radio, a subscription-only uh, newsletter, and two magazines, Bloomberg Business Week and Bloomberg Markets. The company has 167 locations and nearly 20 thousand employees i haven't seen the early investigation here into how this might violate the emoluments clause how bloomberg should liquidate all that he owns just to run for president of the united states of course don't hold your breath on that story especially if you want to read about that story in bloomberg news instead you'll see bloomberg targeting his political opponent donald j trump going after him using his media conglomerate to dig up dirt, maybe even Russian dirt, on his political opponent. But guys, that's all the time that I have today. Thank you so much for listening. SDG. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care.